Hey everyone, this is a recap of what we talked about this Sunday night at Snapshot. This week we started our series on the Trinity, which is the understanding of the three different manifestations or ways that we can understand the God that we serve, right? Uh, we, we call it the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, and we're going to talk a whole lot more over the next month about what that really means. But uh, this week, we just tried to kind of figure out the basics of it and what it has to do with our lives, like us personally as human beings. Like, how does it affect us? So to start off with, we asked a question. And the question is, what was going on before creation? What was God doing? Right. It's a different question. It's weird to think about because nothing was here yet. So it was just God. So the question is, what was God doing before all of this existed, before the earth was made, before the plants, before the stars, before anything else that we can see, taste, touch, and feel? What was God doing? Because right. remember, creation is contingent on God. We believe that God created everything, and out of that, anything exists. Nothing exists without him, right? Nothing created God. It just was. So, your answer to that question can kind of tell you a lot about the God that you serve and the God that you you believe in, right? Um, some people think God created because he was bored, right? Um, some people think God created because... He has this like codependent need for some other, for some relationship, for some something to to talk to and to control. Um, some think it's for creativity's sake. I mean, you look at all the crazy animals and amazing plants, and you're like, God just wanted to be creative, right? Um, and some people think it's even more for control. Like God wanted something that He could make His own and fashion and and wield into His own image, but. Um, none of those things lead to great universes, right? Um, take your answer to that, what was God doing before creation, and then ask, what does that mean for our universe? If God created us just because he was bored, that's not great, right? If he needs us, if he's a needy God, like, that's not great. Um, if he did it just for creativity, that's good, but does he really love us? If he did it for control, then... He's a ruthless, harsh God. But the great thing is, I think the answer to that question is answered all over Scripture. What was God doing before creation? Jesus answers it, and we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. Um, but the quick of it is love, right? God existed, and there was this overflowing of love uh, between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, the Bible has many, many instances where it says that the spirit was there before creation, that Jesus was there before creation. And we're going to get into those. But we believe that there was just this overflowing love that came from it. So um, keep that in mind as we move forward. The Trinity, um, if uh, you've ever seen a picture of a pyramid, maybe and it has God the Father at the top, and then um, Holy Spirit and Son um, on the bottom, right? That's kind of like the picture of what we believe, uh, how we explain what we believe as, as the Trinity, right? 
But that's kind of weird because it looks like there's three gods. But in the middle we have one thing that says God. And it's like everything's God. But it's also these three different things. And it's really confusing, right? It's like we're monotheists as a belief, which means we just believe that there's one God. But it looks like on that piece of paper that we believe in three. So what's the deal with that, right? Um, first of all, the first important thing to know is we don't believe in three different gods that are either vying for power and control or three different gods that are choosing to live in equality. We do, in fact, indeed believe in one god, not three. And um, we'll explain why in a sec. So again, remember back to the idea of this, this love, this overflow of love is why God created. Um, we put up a second picture of the Trinity, and it has the normal pyramid, but also it has a circle around um, and it talks about how each one is glorifying the other one. Um, so a picture of that, uh, my family, we have now have four people in my family, um, me, my wife, Janine, our little boy, Owen, and now we have Macy, our little girl. And she can't eat any solid food yet. She's only three weeks old. But we uh, like to go get ice cream. So we went to Crank and Boom to get ice cream. And instead of each of us getting our own, we uh, get this thing called like a sampler, right? And they have, it's this big plastic deal and it has four compartments in it. So I get to pick an ice cream flavor. My wife gets to pick an ice cream flavor. Owen gets to pick an ice cream flavor. And then there was like this fourth one. Macy doesn't get to vote because she can't eat and she can't talk. Um, but so we kind of pick one together that we all think we would enjoy. And then we get it, we sit down, everyone has a spoon and we're all just kind of like spinning this ice cream thing around and taking a piece from everybody's thing, right? Like, I mean, Owen's eating from the one I picked, but I'm eating from the one that my wife picked and nobody's like mad about it. We're like all sharing this wonderful, amazing thing together, this mutual sharing and respect. And so that's kind of a good picture of the Trinity right there. Just the three of us like mutually sharing and not like claiming something as our own and fighting, um, but just enjoying this beautiful thing and before us. But also, um, Owen made it really deep when he asked if Macy wanted to eat some ice cream, right? And it's like, I was sitting there, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what it was like when God decided to create. Like he had this beautiful, amazing thing. He was sharing it and enjoying it and it was great. And then he was like, oh my gosh, we can share this with something else. Right. And he chose to create. So hopefully that might be a story that can help you understand what we believe the Trinity was actually doing. Another way we tried to understand the Trinity is we watched a video that had ice cubes put in a, in a pan on a stove. The stove was running and as the ice cubes heated up, they melted, turned into water. And then eventually the water started boiling and it turned into water vapor. Um, I think this is a really good picture of understanding that something can be look like three different things, but still just be one thing, right? Through all of those states, um, through solid, liquid, and gas, that was still H2O in that pot. But uh, it looked like three different things, and that's exactly what we're talking about. I think God gives us uh, glimpses of eternal truths through realities that we can see here on earth.
We also read a story from the Bible um, in Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Kind of trying to understand now that we kind of have a, a little bit of a grasp of what the Trinity means and what it looks like. Um, how does that affect our lives and how does that affect reality, right? How, does, how do we personally deal with this idea of Trinity? How does us interacting with it change us? What does it look like? So here's the story. Genesis 18, verses 1 through 8. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day, Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here and rest for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, hurry, get three large measures of flour, knead it into dough and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat, and he served it to the men. As they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. I don't want us to miss this, right? Right at the beginning, it said the Lord appeared to Abraham, and it was three men, right? Like he knew that it was God, and then three men were standing nearby. Like that's one of the earliest instances I can think of, aside from like the very first chapter, where we get a glimpse of this thing that we would end up calling and understanding as the Trinity, right? But the other thing I really want to focus on is Abraham's reaction, right? He knows it's the Lord. He's excited. He's kind of scared. He wants to, to please God. So he runs and gets all the stuff ready. But then while Abraham is serving the meal to them and they're eating, Abraham goes away and is like stationed under a tree. He like gives them the food. And he's like, hey, if you guys need anything, I'll be over there. You just let me know. What's the deal with that? It's like he feels like he's not welcome and not good enough to be part of this thing that's going on, right? Like he can't be in the presence of God and hang out with him. Um, that happens to us, right? I don't know about you, but I, I know a lot of people who feel like they, they can't, for some reason, be close to God. And they're like, no, 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 I can't go to church. I can't do that. I can't talk to God because I'm not good enough or blah. Or maybe you felt that yourself. We probably all have at some point, right? We're just like Abraham, like, oh, God's here. But I, there's something wrong with me. I can't be there. Like, he doesn't want me there. I don't deserve to be there. Um, I think this story is a beginning of saying, like, Abraham, like, God's showing up to you like this. He's here, and he came to see you. You should hang out with him, right? Um, that's a beginning of the unfolding of this story um, that we see throughout the whole Bible where the God who created out of this overflow of love just wants people to be in relationship with him. Um, so I think that's a really important thing as we, as we move forward. The next thing that we looked at was this picture by a Russian painter called Andrei Rublev. And it's either called the Trinity icon. Um, you can look it up. But um, it has just a picture of Three guys sitting around a table, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they're all wearing these different colored robes. The Father is wearing a gold robe. 
Just meaning that he's perfection, he's fullness, he's the ultimate source of everything. He's the one on the left. Then in the middle is the sun. And the sun, Jesus, is wearing the blue robe, right? And the reason that he's wearing the blue robe is amazing. So he's wearing this blue robe, which um, kind of corresponds with water, right? And water can mirror the sky, right? Have you ever been um, at a pond and you looked over and you could like see your reflection, but you could also like see the clouds above you? Or you've seen any of those amazing pictures that have like mountains, um, rising up in the clouds above, and then you can see it on like a lake below. You can still see the mountains and the clouds and it's super trippy. Well, that's exactly what, why Rublev chose blue for the sun, because he said the water can mirror the sky. So the physical can mirror the, the eternal, right? Like our world here can mirror what's going on in eternity, right? Like we're mirrors of what God eternally is and created and why he created. But even more than that, that's exactly why Jesus came, right? He came to be a physical manifestation of God, the father of the eternal one who created everything, right? That's amazing, right? That's what the incarnation was all about to show us that God wasn't far off, but he invites us um, to be part of what he's doing. Um, the next, the third guy is the Holy Spirit, and it's wearing a green robe, and it symbolizes aliveness, right? When you see green, you think of, of nature and trees uh, and grass and all that, and it, it, it symbolizes this aliveness that when we're next to each other, when we're near each other, and we're truly living in community, like this aliveness, this connectedness you feel. If you've ever felt the Holy Spirit, you've felt that aliveness, right? Like it's just a different feeling. It's really hard to describe, um, but it's like you have a bunch of energy and you're like opened up and your senses are just like, uh, I, it's really, I can't describe it. It's amazing. Um, so if you've ever felt that, you kind of know what that's like, right? Um, uh, some people have described um, this green, this aliveness as a divine photosynthesis, right? Taking in the glory of the Father and Son and using it to give us energy and life, Um but there's a couple other really cool things going on. The Holy Spirit is kind of like subtly pointing with one of his fingers um, to this open spot in the front of the painting, in the front of the table. And he's pointing because he is inviting you to join them, right? Just like that meal that Abraham was eating, uh, that, that Abraham fed the Lord in Genesis, but he was scared to sit with them. Here's another painting of three men the Trinity sitting there, eating, fellowshipping, and the painting's inviting you to be part of it, right? Because that's God's heart. Like, it's a beautiful painting. And then there's one more awesome detail in this painting. People didn't know exactly what it was for, but there's a little, like, rectangle on the front of the table. They've since fixed it and repainted it. Um, but people actually have come to believe that there was a little rectangular mirror on the front of the table. So that way, at that spot where you could join and sit, you literally could see yourself um, in that mirror, right? Think about that. Like, the God of the universe literally wants you to commune with him, to be part of what he's doing, to be in relationship with him. Um, so we passed out some mirrors, and everybody got a chance just to think, like, God loves me and wants a chance to be with me to be in relationship with me like that's an amazing amazing thing 
right? God's heart is to invite everyone into, in creation, into his, into this flow, this overpouring of love. So we looked at one more verse. Um, it was Colossians 3, 10 through 11. So us knowing this, that the God, the creator of all of the universe, just wants people to be in relationship with him, right? Wants people to experience this overflow of love that he felt that caused him to create and causes him to, to still love to this day that caused him to come down as Jesus so we would understand and see this eternal truth um, that he sends the Holy Spirit that can connect us all together and, and help us understand who he is. Um, this is what we do with that. Colossians 3 verses 10 through 11. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. And this new life, one's nationality or race or education or social position is unimportant. Such things mean nothing. Whether a person has Christ is what matters and he is equally available to all. That's one of the most beautiful things in the I've ever read, right? All of these ways that we as human beings try to... Um, divide ourselves and, and put ourselves into categories and push people away and exclude people. They don't mean anything. Whether a person has Christ is what matters. and He's equally available to all, right? God's heart is to love absolutely everyone, for absolutely everyone to be in relationship with him. Um, that should change how we live. We're just part of this outflowing of love. So when we talk to people about what we believe in our faith, we don't have to say, anything like you're a sinner and you need to be saved by the great. No, there's a God who created the universe out of love and he just wants you to be in relationship with him. It's an amazing thing. And um, we're going to keep digging into it deeper. So um, don't, don't miss out on the rest of the series.